Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Amen. Amen. Hey, Kate, can you bring get that mic and like come here for a second? She told me um, something before service, and I said I need to remember to say that, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> something got in prayer. Um, you know, it, it, it's just it's just amazing how God is and what He speaks and what He says, and when He's speaking, we should listen, right? Yes. Amen. But anyway, He said this when we were in prayer tonight that there is a wind. A wind of inner healing coming in this house. So I thought that was something that was really excited because I don't know about you, but we all have wounds. And, and, and a lot of inner wounds. And they could be father, mother, brother, sister, whatever kind of wound. And the Lord really wants to do an amazing inner healing in this house in particular. In the church as a whole. But God just said that there is a wind of inner healing coming in this house. So what we need to do to set it, the course for it, I believe, and set the groundwork for it, is that we be expectant. And that we seek what the word has for us. And that we don't miss, just like what Pastor Aaron was declaring in this confession, that when favor happens, we thank him for it. When inner healing starts to happen, we thank him for it. Amen. So I just want to share that. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's, it's um, I just sense this, that it's a season of um, separation and equipping. And so I'm talking about our church. Um, it's a season that our, our job's always to equip you, but it's a special season of God doesn't want to just fix stuff to make you feel better. He wants to fix stuff to fix stuff, um, to equip you, empower you, um, and to separate, you know, it's just a season of separation. A lot of goofiness out there. And the, the deal is, and it, it can be crazy and chaotic out there. You need to be stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's, that's, why, that's what God is, is doing. And so, um, you guys ready to go for a few moments? Um, so, uh, a couple weeks ago, on a Sunday morning, I started a series called Havoc. And the word havoc just means to cause great damage. And I, I said I was going to do a series for a few weeks called Havoc and just talk about something that uh, stood out to me in, in Scripture. And I feel like it, it's dealing with just stuff going on in our, in our world right now. So um, if you would go with me to Revelation chapter 2. So I'm going to te- just teach you up for a few moments. And I believe God's, there's something God's going to deliver you from tonight. Um, I think he's going to do it corporately like he did a few Sunday mornings ago on a certain topic. How many know we got some stuff just need to get out of us, right? Um, so here, here we go. This is Revelation chapter 2. The Bible says this, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, which that would be present-day Turkey, um, write these things. These are the words of the Son of God. I love this. It goes on and says, his eyes are like blazing fire. His feet are like burnished bronze. I just like the fact that it needs to describe that. I think that's really cool. Um, and look what it says about this church. I know your deeds. I see your love and your faith and your service and your perseverance and you're doing more now than you ever did at first. I mean, that, that's a good like evaluation of a church. They're full of love. They're full of faith. They're really persevering and there's a lot going on, more than there ever has been um, 
activity-wise. But look at verse 20. But nevertheless, I have this against you. How many know it's never good when you hear, you're doing really good at this, but <laughs> nevertheless, um, nevertheless, I have this against you. It's not good when God has this against the church, but he says, you tolerate. Everyone say tolerate. tolerate. The word tolerate here means you're refusing to control something. So you are tolerating that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet by her teaching. And doesn't necessarily mean she's teaching this, but she's going, she's allowing the teaching of Baal is really what it means. And so um, it says this about her, that her teaching misleads many of God's servants, leads them into immorality and eating food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she was unwilling so I'll cast her on a bed of suffering and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of their ways. I'll strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds and I'll repay each according to their deeds. I mean, that, that's, some, that's some pretty heavy scripture. And um, if you're wondering, well, what's this Jezebel that the Bible's talking about? In the Old Testament, in, in the book of 1 Kings, there's a story of... Um, King Ahab, and he married Jezebel, uh, a Phoenician princess. It was a, it was a political alliance, and they were married. And the Bible says this about King Ahab, that he did more evil than any other king. The reason why it says that is because he allowed his wife Jezebel to influence him to replace worshiping Yahweh with worshiping Baal. And so it, it, the story says that she actually supported like 800 prophets of Baal. So evil's going on because God was forgotten and Baal was being recognized as, as source and as creator and as, as, as God. And so she influenced that. And so the Bible said Elijah, the prophet Elijah was on the scene and Elijah confronted Ahab and he said, he said that your wife is going to be destroyed and you're going to be destroyed. And so he prophesied, obviously that, that didn't make them happy. Um, so Jezebel had her prophets, and Elijah had a showdown on Mount Carmel, and Elijah slaughtered over 400 of those prophets, and uh, after that, Ahab was, uh, he was killed, their children was killed, and Jezebel was thrown over a wall and eaten by wild dogs. That's a story in the Old Testament of an actual person named Jezebel. When we get to the New Testament, um, the Bible tells us that John the Baptist had the spirit of Elijah on him, which is a spirit of restoration, especially fathers toward their children. It's a spirit of restoration. And so um, John the Baptist had confronted Herod because he had divorced his wife, married his sister-in-law. And so one night, uh, Herod had a party, all of his friends were there, and her daughter, who's about 13 probably, began to dance seductively. And he was so drunk and so aroused by this, he said, I'll give you up to half the kingdom but her mother said, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And so Herod obliged and John the Baptist was beheaded. Well, this was the same spirit from Jezebel that we see operating. Now we see in the book of Revelation, Jezebel was mentioned again. It's, so it, it, it's a spirit. And the Bible says this, that we, that we need to stop tolerating this spirit. Here's how you know there's a spirit of Jezebel. Um, can I borrow that microphone? Um, if you think of it this way, a spirit of Jezebel manipulates, intimidates, and controls. All you have to remember is Mike, M-I-C, manipulation, intimidation, and control. If you give that spirit the mic, it will mess you up. 
And I, and I know that sometimes in our lives, we've given a spirit with a manipulative voice, an intimidating voice. And what it wants to do is begin to control our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts. And the Bible says this, that, that you need to stop tolerating that spirit. Everyone say tolerating. And so sometimes, even though we love God, we just tolerate some things in our churches, in our own lives, in our own hearts. But that's what that spirit will do. And, you know, manipulation can happen several ways. It can happen seductively. It can happen um, by pouting. It can happen lots of different ways. But the spirit of Jezebel, and it's active on the earth right now, what it wants to do is to manipulate you, intimidate you, and control you. Because the Bible says this, the enemy's greatest weapon is what? Manipulation or deception. And so what we need to do is get revelation on this. Amen? And so I, I want you to be equipped to know this is a spirit working on the earth um, right now. Let, let me read to you a few verses here from Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. So I say this to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. I'm not going to impose any other burden on you except you keep holding on to what you are until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I'm going to give authority. Everyone say authority. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I've received authority from my father, I'll give you I'll give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. What that is saying is if we'll stop tolerating that Spirit, if we'll repent of tolerating, if we will stand against that, the Bible says there's, there's a certain authority that comes in our life. We'll have greater authority in those areas that we were once um, manipulated in. Um, so uh, a couple of Sundays ago, uh, one of the things I taught on is the lie of lust, one way you can always recognize the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit of lust. And it's a spirit that's on earth, on earth right now. How many say it's not real hard to see anymore? It's, it's everywhere. Everything you see that you're watching before your eyes with the LBGT community and all of those things, it's gone from, it's gone from somewhat tame to absurd. That's because it's that immoral spirit. It's manipulating. It's intimidating. It's, um, it, it's controlling. Y'all know God only made two genders. The extreme left created all the others. There are, there are two genders. That's not to just be closed-minded people. That's just what the word of God says. And so anything that's deceptive, manipulative, intimidating in our lives, in one area, one of her offspring is a spirit of lust. We talked about, if you weren't here that Sunday, I would encourage you to go to YouTube, uh, find that message and watch it. It was, it was, it was a... Um, it was a really good Sunday. I'm not just saying it because I spoke. But what I said I wanted to do over the next few weeks is talk about some of her offspring. So I want to talk about another one tonight. Um, and then we were, um, I know they're firing up the grills. They're doing burgers and hot dogs at the pavilion. So as soon as we're done, I won't keep you too long. I promise. Um, I, I'll share. We'll, we'll do a closing song. I'll get you down there. Big Steve's cooking hamburgers and hot dogs. But here's what I want to talk about for just a few moments. A uh, few moments, and that's this, is that um, fear is a fraud. Fear is a fraud. I, I know that sounds real catchy, but the word fraud just means it's an imposter. Fear is a fraud because fear is another one of Jezebel's offspring. It's a spirit 
prevalent on the earth right now. There is a spirit of fear working on the earth right now. And, and here's, what I, here's what I've noticed that it's easy for us to say there's just a spirit working in culture, in society. But I want you to know that it, it, it's, it's, it's sad when that same spirit gets a seat in our churches. And we don't speak up about it. And we don't take it on. And, and we don't give truth on it. Now, we're not going to act that way around here. We're going to expose it because we, 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 we want, because no one wants to be deceived. No one wants to be manipulated. No one wants to be controlled. And no one wants to be intimidated. That's what this spirit does. But one of our offsprings that we want to talk about tonight is a spirit of fear. Now, Elijah just had this massive encounter at Mount Carmel. And he he slaughtered all of these prophets of Baal. And you would think the next thing with Elijah would be flexing his muscles and declaring what just happened. But the next thing we read about Elijah is he takes off running and we find him, the next thing we find him doing is hiding in a cave because of fear. And God showed up and God said to Elijah something really interesting. He goes, what are you doing here? Elijah went from prophesying and challenging King Ahab and Jezebel to their face, taking on all those prophets of Baal, destroying, standing up to all of this corruption, having this massive victory. Now he's running for his life and he's, he's hiding. And God says, why, why are you hiding? And I, I, I want to say the same thing to you. What are you hiding from? God's not called you to be in fear. And you can have a, and we know we can have a massive victory one day and be fearful the next. The only reason that's happening is because we tolerate it. Now, now listen to me. I'm not condemning you for having a challenge. I'm just challenging you to stop tolerating it. It's very predictable that you can be on the mountaintop and full of faith and a week later be having some fears. That doesn't make you any less spiritual. But the challenge is, don't tolerate it. Thank you for all your amens. Because what the devil wants you to think is if, if you went from the mountaintop to a fearful moment, that you must not be spiritual enough or it didn't work. That's deception. That's manipulation. You're the same you with the same God inside of you. God didn't tell you you need to get rid of your fear. He just said, you need to stop tolerating the Spirit. And he has something against us, not because we're challenged, but because we're tolerating the manipulation or the intimidation or the control. Are you still with me? So God said, what are you doing here in the cave? You were just on Mount Carmel. Now you're running for your life and hiding. Why would God say that? Because God knew the same thing he knows about you. You're a champion, not a chump. You're, you're victorious. You, you, greater is he that's in you than what you think is around you. That's why God's like, hey, did we forget? You know, one of the most repeated phrases in the Bible is, don't forget. Remember this. Don't forget that. Remember that. You know why that's in there? Because we forget really easy. We go from mountaintops to valleys really quick. Look at this scripture. This is Proverbs chapter 29. Verse 25, fear and intimidation is a what? It's a trap. 
If you were headed for a trap, wouldn't you want someone to be like, hey, it's a trap. But fear and intimidation is a trap. The word trap here means bait or lure, like a fishing lure. So we can say this, fear and intimidation is, is bait. Yeah. It's luring you. It's a trap and it will hold you what? It'll hold you back. But, I love the scriptures where God puts the but in there. But, when you place your confidence in the Lord, you'll be seated in a high place. In other words, fear will be under you, not over you. So we see that fear is a trap. Here's the trap that fear is. Here's the lore that fear is. Here's the bait that fear is. Because fear will keep you from speaking. It will keep you from believing and acting the way you want to. Because that's what freedom is. Freedom is the ability to speak, think, believe, declare, live as you want to live. That's what freedom is. So anything that restricts you from believing, speaking, and living as you ought or want to is bondage. Fear is bondage. Amen. Are are you all still with me? I I looked this up the other day. There, There are over 400 recognized phobias in the psychological world. Over 400 different phobias. There's actually a word... Let me see if I can get it right here. Phobophobia, which is the fear of fear. It's the fear of fear. If you can imagine it, there's a fear documented. There's actually a new one, nomophobia, which is the fear of forgetting your cell phone. Don't act like you never had it. When you're freaking out like you're doing this, It's called nomophobia, the fear of forgetting your cell phone. You ever forgot your cell phone and it was in your hand? <laughs> Second Timothy chapter one. For this reason I, reason I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God which was in you through the laying on of hands. Look at verse seven. For the spirit God gave us does not make us what? Doesn't make us timid. But it gives us power, love, and what? Self-discipline. So let me make some points. Here's the first one. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Everybody say spirit. Spirit. It's an intimidating spirit. It's a spirit of intimidation. Um, We've been wrong because we've judged it as a feeling. Now it causes feelings, but it's not a feeling. It's a spirit. It's a spirit that the Bible says God didn't give you. But the Bible calls it a spirit. I'll read you a scripture about that in a moment. But, but it, so it's a spiritual thing. Fear is a spiritual thing. Did y'all get that? Yeah. So, so fear, which is an offspring of Jezebel, which is a spirit of intimidation. It's a spirit of manipulation. And it's a spirit of, of control. So... They say that when you were born, you were only born with, with two fears, and they're protective fears. It's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. Have you ever heard a loud noise? What happens? You jump. It's a protective fear. You were born with that. Have you ever been on the edge of something? It's straight down. You have this fear of what? Not getting too close. 
That's a protective fear. It comes and it goes. You were born with that. Listen to this. Every other fear you acquire. That's a paralyzing fear because it comes and it lingers. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling are the only two fears that you were born with, and those are prote- every other fear you have acquired. Anyone ever been uh, afraid to, public, to speak in public, public speaking? How many of that just freaks you out? Yeah, well, you acquired that fear. You weren't born with that fear. Well, it's always been hard, but you, you weren't born with that fear. Fear's a spirit. And fear is more than just what's in the darkness looming. But all the others you've acquired, and it's a spiritual thing. You need to know that because fear's not yours. The only fear that you, that God would ever want you to have is loud noises and falling off of a cliff. I mean, no, that's good to have, right? That, that's good. That's the only fears. Well, Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, but that's just respect. But fear's a spirit. Now, I'm going to say that some of the same things I said a few weeks ago, some of you, fear has only been a distraction in your life. You might have dealt with some, but it's, it's a, just a distraction. Some of you in your life, it's been a real detour. And for some of you, it's, been, it's created dead end after dead end after dead end in your life. But what I, what I want you to know is fear is a spirit. Well, it's just who I am. No, it's not who you were created to be. For some of you that it's just been a distraction, you know that, okay, fear comes, it's not been too big a thing, but we've all faced fears. But some of you, it's really detoured you and it's kept you from being and having everything God ever calls you to be and have. And some of you, it's just caused dead end after dead end and you know what it's like to be bound in fear. So number one, fear is a what? It's a spirit. Number two, fear is not from God. Did y'all get that? It's not from, anything that has fear attached to it, not from God. It's a spirit. It's not your personality. It's a spirit. And it's not from God. And if it's not from God, you don't have to own it. You don't have to nurture it. And you should not tolerate it. Is God upset with you because fear may have challenged you? No. But he would be upset that we what? Continue to tolerate it. Now, if you didn't know better, tonight's your night to know better. It's not for you to tolerate. Matter of fact, when you read this scripture, it would, it'd be, it's, a, it's a double negative, which means this. It's not from God. No, not ever, and can never be from God. God can't give you fear. If there's anything fearful about your kids, about your relationships, about your job, about anything, about the world we live in, if there's fear, it's an intimidating spirit, it's a manipulating spirit, but it's a spirit and it is not from God. Do not make your decisions based on fear. Do not make your decisions based on manipulation. Do not make your decisions based on intimidation, whether it's about your money, your relationships, your children, or whatever. Because it's not from God. It is not from God. 
The Bible says he gives us what? Power, love, and self-discipline. So what that means is God's about giving you love, and the word power means aggressive power. It means aggressive power so you can stand in the face of any difficulty. And a sound mind to live with confidence. Because fear is the lack of what? Confidence. What is confidence? It's faith. It's trust in God. And many of you have lived in certain areas of your life with certain areas being under a lack of what? Confidence. And and it's become a way of thinking, a way of of, of breathing, a way of speaking. And we speak fearful. And so we, we need to let God alter this in us. We need to let the word renew our stinking thinking in this area. Look, look around this room. There's a good amount of people here for a Wednesday in June. Well, what if everyone in this room left here tonight and said, I'm not giving in to fear anymore. I'm not tolerating it in my thinking anymore. I'm not going to tolerate it in my talking anymore. I'm not going to talk it in, in the way I walk anymore. Imagine the amount of confidence and faith that would rise up in just the amount of people that's in here. Not even a Sunday morning crowd, just this amount of people. Imagine what would turn around around you. Let me give you a graphic. I like putting these up here. You can take a snapshot of this. These are three signs that there's overwhelming, there's an overwhelming spirit of fear that you're dealing with. Doubt, dread, and disillusion. Let me describe these. If you are dealing with a season or a lifetime of overwhelming doubt, it could be a sign that you're really dealing with a spirit of fear. Remember, fear's a what? It's a spirit. It's not your personality. It's a spirit. And it's not from God. Overwhelming doubt. Here's what that looks like. Just an overwhelming lack of confidence. An overwhelming lack of confidence overwhelming uncertainty, it usually will manifest itself as being very anxious, that, that you are in, in just doubt. Find yourself a season of just doubt. Something good happens, well, I doubt it's going to last. Doubt's going doubt's to happen for me. I'm not talking about you just have a, you're just having a bad hair day or you're just having a bad, you know, you're just having a bad, a little lack of self-confidence. I'm talking about an overwhelming sense of just doubt. Know this, it's a What? It's spiritual. It's part of Jezebel's what? Offspring. Because what does fear want to do? Manipulate you, intimidate you, so it can control you. And if, it, if, we, if we tolerate the manipulation and the intimidation and the control, what happens? Well, we are unable to be who we're supposed to be. We will not make competent decisions. We won't step out into the things God wants us to. We, we, and you know, some people, there's different degrees that paralyze people. Some people can't leave their house because of what? Fear. And it's a spirit. But when you know it's a spirit and you identify that it's a spirit, that does something different in you to know, you know what? This isn't of me. This is spiritual. And it's not from God, so I'm not obligated to house it. But one sign is just overwhelming, consistent doubt. Another is just overwhelming, consistent dread. Dread, let me kind of describe, it's when you're very apprehensive, very suspicious, very reluctant, very, very filled with worry. I'm talking about constant, overwhelming. 
dread and, and, and overwhelming disillusion. Disillusion is when you've lost trust and you start looking to other sources for your beliefs and your reports. Very stressful. So these are three signs. Now, if you just got up one day and you just, I ah, dread going to that. But I'm talking about something overwhelming in our life. You know what it means? This means that you and I are facing, dealing with spirit of fear. Anyone ever been there? In the Bible, what Jesus says to the church, stop tolerating that spirit. Stop tolerating that spirit. How many be real honest with me and say, you're reading my mail? Let me see your hand. Matter of fact, if that's you, would you stand to your feet? Just I'm not, this is just, don't want to embarrass you. It's not what this is about. Father, I thank you for your word, which is truth, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through emotion. It cuts through physical. It cuts through deception. Father, there's a room full of people who, who are saying tonight, this is a spirit that has either distracted, detoured, or led me to dead end after dead end. Father, I speak life over them. I speak freedom over them. And fear, devil, Jesus rebuke you over their lives. Jesus rebuke you. If you're standing, we're all going to say this together. Ready? I repent of tolerating the spirit of fear in my life. I renounce its place in my mind. My heart and my life, I'm victoriously relying on the power of his might and his word to live in victory. I declare I'm a brand new creation with a confident heart, a confident mind, and a confident destiny. I live in my God-given freedom and power over the enemy's strategy of fear for my life. Now praise him like you're free for a moment. Father, we praise you. We thank you. That prayer doesn't mean that you will never be tempted, but it needs to be a reminder. You got a fresh start tonight. Stop tolerating it. Now grab your seat because I got one more point. I got one more point. Fear is a spirit. Fear is not from God. Here's the last one. Fear is not for you. Fear is not for you. Listen to this. I wrote this down. You were created to be filled with joy. Thank both of you. Joy, peace, confidence, and creativity. If we allow worry, it will push those out. If we allow fear, it, it will push those out. And there's not enough space for both. Fear will push out those things in your heart, your life, in your mind. Now, you've heard me say this, but I want you to grasp this. The way you defeat a spirit is with the opposite spirit. Whatever's been your fear, you need to do the opposite. 
If you're fear of not having any money, you might need to spend like three extra dollars and don't go to McDonald's. Go, go to the, the roadhouse or whatever. Do something to break that spirit is what I'm saying to you. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Do the opposite. Yeah. It takes the power from that thing. But now listen to this. What would be, because a lot of people miss this, what would be the opposite spirit of fear? What would be the opposite spirit of fear? I don't want you to hear this. God wants you to be a warrior, not a worrier. Amen. Amen. Now, now, remember this. Y'all, y'all remember COVID? <laughs> Just be honest for a moment. Do you know how much of the church world failed the test? Failed the, we, we failed the test miserably. Miserably. There are still people who aren't in church who failed that test. Now, now, now but hear me, because it was, it was a real thing. Even though we had faith, though, how many know it was a different thing if you tested positive or someone you know tested positive. There was that moment of, but because of everything with that, there is still a spirit of fear. It's on the earth, but can I tell you, quit tolerating it in your, in your faith walk. Stop it. I'm just saying, stop it. Well, rational. Don't be rational. Be faith-filled. I'm not saying be dumb. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. But we, we just, we got, we let that spirit of fear get on us. Let me say this to you and I'll tell you how to confront fear. Because fear has to be confronted. It can't be tolerated. And we live in a world, I just want you to hear this. I'm going to talk more about this thing. But we live in a world that we just stick a diagnosis to something. We stick a prescription to something. And we stick a label to something. And we're not standing up. We're tolerating that. And we, we just, I'm a fearful person. I've got this phobia and I've got that phobia. And I, I'm not downplaying an issue that you may have to over, you know, get victory in. But what I'm saying is, here's where it stop, starts. Stop tolerating it. And here's where it starts, realizing that you don't have to be stuck with it. You don't have to live with it. That's not the will of God for your life. I'm not saying you have to make it all happen, but I'm saying to you, that's where it starts. 1 John chapter 4. Y'all getting something good? Look at this, verse 13. And God has given us his spirit. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you his spirit as proof that we live in him and he lives in us. Furthermore, we've seen with our own eyes and we testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God has God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Verse 17, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus lives here in this world. Do you think Jesus lived in this world in fear? 
We live the same way Jesus lives in the love of God. Now look at verse 18. Such love has no what? Such love has no what? Because perfect love, um, the word perfect you could put in there maturing, maturing love expels or deletes what? Fear. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Here's what all that verse is saying. A lot of people say that faith is the opposite of fear. That's not what the Bible says. Love is the opposite of fear. It's not just faith you need to deal with fear. You need faith in the love of God. Perfect love, which is maturing love, ejects fear from our life. And if you've known the power and the bondage of fear, I want you to know if you will begin to get revelation on the love of God, begin to grow in that revelation of how much God loves you, if you begin to operate and perfect your love walk, fear will dissipate its hold from your life. The most challenging walk you and I have to walk is the love walk. But the more we get revelation on the love of God, we operate in the love of God, we flow in the love of God, we know how much God loves us, fear will dissipate from your life. That's how you eject fear from your life, is getting revelation of the fear of the, I mean, of the love of God and walking in the love of God. How do you stop tolerating fear? Is it a special prayer? Well, it can start with a special prayer, but starting to, to make a mandate in your life in your love walk, and it will eject fear from your life. Fear is the, our love is the opposite spirit of fear. Let me, let me, let me bring this like so easy, so home to you, so, so, so identifiable, get this. Fear has this overwhelming power of making you a victim. And there's no scripture in the New Testament that calls you a victim. Unless you let fear make you a victim. Something could happen in your life. It's not the thing that made you a victim. It's your response to the thing. Remember, fear is a spirit. It's an intimidating spirit. It's a manipulating spirit, it's a controlling spirit. It will manipulate you into believing it. Love has no manipulation in it. The maturing, perfect love of God does not manipulate you, does not intimidate you, and it does not control you. It's a giving love. It's, the, it's a sacrifice from the cross. But here's what I want you to get. Here's how you can take on the spirit of fear and break it over your life. It's just not hearing everything I said tonight. It's just not shaking your head in agreement. It's just not saying, I like this series, which is havoc, which means destruction, because fear causes havoc in your life. How many has ever had fear cause some havoc in your life? It's a destructive force. Fear is a destructive force. Love is the most constructive force. Listen to me, here's how you break the power of fear. It's gonna be so simple that you're gonna wonder if it was deep enough. It's how you love other people is what defeats the spirit of fear over your life. 
I know y'all were looking for something deeper. It's how, it's how you love others is what breaks the spirit of fear. Fear has to have an open door in your life. To break that, there needs to be an open, and it's the door of love. Examples. <clears throat> Maybe you need to love someone who doesn't deserve love. Maybe you need to forgive someone who did something. If you practice loving your kids better, it'll break that spirit. If you practice loving your spouse better, it'll break that spirit. If, if you practice loving your employees better, it'll break that spirit. If you practice loving your neighbor better, it will break that spirit. I know y'all were looking for something deeper, but here's the truth. If you practice loving larger, it'll break the spirit of fear of it. So if you know you really, really deal with the spirit of fear, number one, it's a spirit, not from God, and it's not, from, it's not for you. Well, pastor, and pray a specific prayer, lay hands on me. Well, we just did a prayer for a friend. But how do you walk out of here and keep that in motion? Love. We just read it. I know you're looking for like, let's shout in the Holy Ghost about it or something. No, right there it is. Maturing love ejects fear from your life. That's why Jesus said, go practice what? Loving on each other. Go do acts of love. Love each other better. Love somebody. So instead of letting fear paralyze you and make you a victim, step out and love somebody. Love might be a word or two of encouragement. Love might be um, uh, five bucks. Love might be buying someone dinner. Whatever that is, that's how you break it over your life. What you're saying is, you know what? I'm not going to be held captive. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to be held down. I'm not going to be manipulated. I'm going to love on somebody. I'm going to bless somebody. I'm going to speak up and encourage someone when I don't feel so encouraged myself. I'm going to give someone 20 bucks when I might need 20 bucks. But it breaks the power of fear on your life. Because what it's saying is I have more confidence and trust and the power and the word and the will and the ways of God than I do that spirit. Somebody said, that's good right there. That's how you break it. That's how you break it. Well, looking for some different notes, but no, that's how you break it. Here's the good thing about that. That's how you stop tolerating it. Well, if the Spirit leads me to just love some, no, the Spirit doesn't have to lead you to love somebody. He gave you a word already, love people. Well, I need an opportunity. There'll be a test, why? I just preached this to you. There's always a test after the lesson. Probably for a couple of you, maybe you're driving home as a couple, it'll happen in the car before you get out of the parking lot. Or some of you get home and your kids, you know, anyway, y'all got what I'm saying? Here's the good thing. Y'all can do that. You are capable of breaking that power with the love. Why? Because he loved you. We just read. It's in you. You're in him. It, can't, it does not have to have a hold on you. You know, that's good news. You, you, you could be set free from 20 years of fear tomorrow by just loving on somebody, by forgiving somebody, by blessing somebody, loving somebody who didn't deserve it. I think I said it, love your kids better, love your spouse better. What will that do? It will break that spirit. It's part of Jezebel's offspring. And Jesus said to the church, stop tolerating it. 
Stop tolerating unforgiveness. Stop tolerating those things. Stop tolerating that fear. Stop tolerating the fear. That's all I'm saying to you. Don't tolerate it. You don't have to tolerate it anymore. And we got something good. We got something good out of it. And I, I, I've got, um, I got two more weeks in this series. And, and um, I, I just, I'm happy for you because I, I, I think it's going to hit some things that y- y'all just have believed because you heard it on TV. You know, you don't have to just agree with every diagnosis on, online. Just because there's a world that should have fear doesn't have to come in your house. Doesn't have to live in your house. Man, aren't you glad you're on God's side? Amen. Well, amen. Can we stand up? Father, I thank you for your spirit that's in this place. Father, I thank you for your spirit that's here tonight. I thank you for your spirit that's here tonight. I thank you for your presence, presence that's here tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. You know, someone said this recently. You just want to stay at the level you're at. You just, I just want to be, I'm comfortable. I'm just, and God said, I won't let you stay there. He won't let you stay on whatever level you're in. He won't let you stay in your fear. He won't let you stay in your misery. He won't let you stay in your depression. He won't let you stay in your sin. He won't do it. He loves you. He won't do it. He won't let you stay on the level you're in. Oh, well, you can choose to stay there, but I'm just saying, he's not going to let you stay there without a fight. All he's saying to you, I just think it's so liberating. He's saying, just don't tolerate it. Confront it. Confront the fear in your life. Don't tolerate Confront the lust in your life. Don't tolerate it. Confront the discouragement. Don't tolerate it. Well, it's just how I am. No. He said, you're a brand new creation going from one level of glory to the next. He said, I'm not tolerating Don't tolerate the old you. Confront it. Change doesn't happen without a confrontation. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing about it. We're going to do a song. Um, Pastor uh, Shane will dismiss you. Uh, we have uh, the grills fired up. I think they're, they, I told them I'd be done at eight. Now forgive me for lying. Um, we'll be at the pavilion as soon as we're done just to hang out for some connection time. Can we throw our hands up for a moment? Thank you, Father. Thank you. Can we shout this out? I'm free. I'm free of fear. I'm free. Y'all aren't shouting. You're just like, I'm free. Come on. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free.